0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. All right. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm hanging in there. You know, it's been a long week. Yeah, well, <laughs> is it is there such thing as weeks anymore? Are there days? Are there months? <laughs> nothing. It, it, nothing is of any consequence these days. It feels right. like <laughs> I, you know because
1: we're you know we're we're used to time existing out of time <laughs> everywhere.
0: Uh, yeah, that is very true. I have such a tenuous grasp. The day of the weeks. I just keep being surprised by the day of the week, you know. Thankfully, my classes are, like, on certain days, so that helps keep me tethered a little bit. I'm like, it must be Thursday.
1: <laughs> oh, see, like, I, I'm i just like, okay, so I know that today I'm recording, because it's usually a Sunday at this time, and then I was like, and then I'm like, oh, and then Hell's Kitchen, and it's on Thursday, And drag
0: races on Friday. This is how I keep track of time. (laughs) Well, there we go. Um, So excited to welcome back to Fright School, our dear guest today, Zakia. How are you doing with uh, keeping a hold of time?
2: (laughs) Not so great on that front. It is a flat circle. Um, Yeah. Uh, But um, otherwise, you know, hanging in there, looking at, you know, maybe this, purgatory of covid may uh may we may escape uh maybe by the summer something like that it, the, the horizon is near all that stuff yeah
0: yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I hope. Um, I think uh, the latest reports were we're ahead on you know, vaccinations, I guess, from where people thought we'd be uh, this year. So that's great. Uh, more and more people I know are getting are getting vaccinated or at least have appointments. So that's exciting. Uh, obviously, you know, we just still have to kind of be careful and keep our masks on and see. I'm not sure what the, the discussion is about the um, the other strains right now. I'm a little out of the loop. I've heard of it, but I don't know if there's any serious like out, you know, outbreaks going on with that
2: or do we, I don't know. Well, I was watching meet the press this morning. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I've got some updates. Now it seems like, um, yeah, these strains are real. They're here. They're doing all the things there's, you know, probably going to take over from what we had before, but they're treatable. So, like the ones that are dominant in the U S seem to be um, vaccines work against them. um, And, uh, but the strains themselves are more lethal. So like in many ways it feels like more important than ever to mask up, especially if you're not vaccinated. And um, but hopefully once we get to that herd immunity place, then It'll all just be, you know, America will be wonderful, just like it was before, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? And always so, has been. Um, you know, so, Z, are you saying that like
1: um, America will once ag- will will be great again?
2: <laughs> I think that's what I'm saying. I think like that's definitely something I want to be on the record saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, one could say I want to make America great again. Wait a second. <laughs> I know this, I
1: know.
0: this
2: I story.
1: Gotcha
0: journalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. That makes you Sarah Palin in this situation. <laughs> oh, God. No, God. no. Oh, my God. Um, I did read a story very, very, very The Stand, you know, keeping with our Stephen mm-hmm. King story. Um, deep dive here that a an infant was born with the antibodies i guess to a mother who had been vaccinated i saw a story about Mm -hmm. that um and you know that's kind of like you know the stand the whole thing where you know franny is pregnant throughout the book and it's like what will happen when her baby gets here will it you know will it die will it get the captain trips blah 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 you know um so Mm -hmm. uh i did see that story that's cool that's hopeful i guess that you know you know that's that's a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing this is just going to be sort of like the cold and the flu and those things that yeah, it'll mutate and we'll either have to get vaccinated for it on a regular basis or or something will happen. I, I don't know. Yeah. I am not a virologist or whatever they're called, virologist. <laughs> I'm not a biologist anything yet. What's that? <laughs>
2: Are you an epidemiologist? So I saw, like, a fight. Um, one of these shows where they're like, well, it was an epidemiologist and a virologist talking and not a blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All you guys. You know. Oh, <sighs> Lord. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. I'm not a viral. I was like, you're not a virologist.
0: You're not, like, a, a study of virility. <laughs> Um, anybody watch anything good this week anything we're uh, getting caught up on or you know usual usual
1: questions Um, I did watch the four hour Snyder cut of Justice League oh did you what'd you think Um, it is definitely an improvement it is long as shit you would have loved it Joshua there's a scene with Aquaman where he retreats into the sea and there's, like, a li- literal five-minute long, like, very morose Scandinavian folk song oh. that these, like, like three very, you know, ethereal sisters are singing to, like, you know, commemorate his descent into the sea. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it was good. I mean, I think my, the one thing that just kind of really made me laugh is um, there's a scene where one of the characters takes a pregnancy test and the name on the box, the pregnancy test is force majeure, <laughs> which if anyone is, a, if anyone's ever had to sign a contract, force majeure means act of God.
2: <laughs> and I was
1: like, oh, God, someone was having fun that day when they were like, what should we name it? What should we name the box of the pregnancy test? They named it force majeure. <laughs> um, and it had a, it, it it had an over abundance of like the the like scoring in movies i love the scores in movies but this one just had an overabundance of like um ah like the beginning of like survivor so it was like ah and then like you know they do something and the beat drops um it was very like the beginning of survivor and you know this like, like the tribal woman, like screaming, singing. Like it was a lot of that when things were going on. So I don't know. I, I know that that was part of the. They spent $70 million to do reshoots and re edits on uh, Zack Snyder's original footage. So I don't know if they paid the part of that $70, $70 million was to, you know, have uh, a bunch of people like you know, tribal scream singing as well. So, but otherwise I enjoyed it. It is four hours long. Um, so give yourself some time. Um, and it's much darker. No, um, it's, (laughs) <laughs> no well that's right you're not a you, you don't do that you're not a
0: i'm totally out of the loop know. with those movies i saw somebody post on uh facebook or in something somewhere commented like oh i'm watching it i'm watching like 30 to 60 minute like snippets and i'm like wait how long is this So <laughs> like if you're watching it in pieces like it's not a series right
2: <laughs> yeah i'm a big like i love the superhero movies i love the marvel all that stuff i watch a lot of the dc shows um but you say four hour uh dc movie and i wanna you know fall asleep immediately (laughs) i I don't know if i'm gonna see this like do i really need to know is something gonna happen that i don't know about these characters like i've seen them in every um format ever uh do i really need to see it in a four hour like like indulgence fest (laughs) um i don't know i don't know I, none of no one's like so, so, um, the things I have seen about it, no one's so overwhelmed by how good it is that they're like, that it makes me want to run and see it. That
1: is, that is completely, that is completely accurate. Like if you, I was not overwhelmed by it, but there were things that I was like, what an interesting choice for Joss Whedon, who, you know, is a Mm -hmm. pile of garbage, um, to have left. Things out from uh, Snyder's original vision because the whole reason we have the Snyder Cut is because halfway through um, through production, Snyder had a had a lost his daughter, and so his wife, who was also a producer, they left the production and they handed the production over to Joss Whedon to kind of figure out what was going on, and then Joss Whedon comes in and does what he did, and it ended up making the movie really shitty, but. Um, what I will say, Zakia, is there is a, so much more to uh, Cyborg's backstory, Victor Stone, mm-hmm. um, and it is worth it to at least go to the parts of the if you can like fast forward, <laughs> fast forward. Okay. just to see the Victor Stone parts because he is the literal heart of this film, mm-hmm. and it is it is it was a complete disservice to not have that storyline shine in the first part because, and, and apparently Ray Fisher who plays uh, cyborg has come out and said like, you know, he wasn't treated very well by the production. So, mm. so, but like his, the stuff that he has a much bigger uh, part in it. And also we get a lot more like there's a whole, they're definitely setting up like apocalypse and dark side. You actually get to see dark side, um, like there's a whole the whole thing. um I'm saying this like I'm a comic book person, I'm not a comic book person I'm a comic book movie person um and I'm like so into the Marvel Universe that like DC is just, you know, I need I need new characters like I need a hole in my head, but um, <laughs> because I'm also so it's on that I'm also like watching the MCU films in chronological order right now and nice. Um, because you know, why not? And I'm doing that. So that way, like I can probably hopefully get a couple weeks under my belt. So that way I can have, uh, some more context when I finally go into, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's basically my, that's been my, you know, my media diet as of late is all superhero-y, uh, sugary goodness.
2: Love it.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I'm glad for you. We keep going back and forth about doing that um, because we wanted to watch WandaVision, uh, but then, you know, kind of getting that, like, well, we're not going to get the whole thing if we don't have a better understanding of what's going on. So we were like, well, maybe we should watch the whole thing, but that's like 24 movies or something. Um and then my my friend sent me a message and was like, here's what my partner thinks. You can watch these like five movies and that will contextualize WandaVision enough for you. So we've been going back and forth on whether we're going to do that or just Watch the movies I just my thing is Is I've tried I've tried to watch several of them And I keep falling asleep so <laughs> just, <laughs> You know I don't I don't Know I, it's, it's a totally different Vibe because it's like I love the X-Men movies Even the bad X-Men movies I like and I could Stay awake with and engaged part of that's Because I saw them as a teenager you know in you know when I was 14 15 16 17 as they were kind of coming out you know so there is part of it where I just have this um, emotional connection I watched the x-men my, really almost my entire life I remember the cartoon being on and getting some of the loose the uh, uh, trade paperbacks from the library and reading you know stories uh, so I, I definitely have a deeper connection to x-men um, but you know it's it's not for lack of like tr- trying like I I think Captain Marvel, at least, sounds like a movie I should love, but, you know, we went to see it together in the theater, Joe, and I was asleep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Black Panther I wanted to love, and um, admittedly, we'd gotten off the cruise and needed to kill time, so we were all exhausted and hungover, you know, so I did fall asleep watching that as well, but I've tried to watch it several times now, and it's just, I don't know, I'm just not, whatever is... Wrong with my brain I just cannot plug in And like stay connected And awake Um, The Avengers You know I saw Civil War In the theater I wanted to leave But I'm like Well we're here with friends And Jeffrey drove I can't leave (laughs) I just I'm like I don't care I
2: don't care So I want to Right My, my recommendation so that you don't torture yourself with a bunch of movies that you don't care about would be to just watch one. Wanda- I haven't watched WandaVision yet, but I've done this with other movies because I have no memory for movies. I just like, it goes in it goes out. Okay, But like, but like, if I watch something like, you know, like the third Avengers and there's something that seems interesting that I'm like, Oh, what's the backstory of that? Then I'll go back and find that movie and watch that movie and fill in that hole. Okay. But like trying to, you know, I don't think it's there's so much in all of those. Like I don't even know if it actually properly sets you up because you could watch I mean, I c don't remember Age of Ultron at all. I assume it's gonna play a role in WandaVision. I have no desire to watch it again. But if there's something that comes up, then maybe I'll Google.
0: That's definitely on the list that I was sent. Age of Ultron yeah. was was one.
2: It sucks. <laughs> yes. It's, it's
0: where we it's You're where not gonna we... <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So Joshua, I'm
1: gonna tell you this because and, and you can do more research. So, Wandavision sets up the beginning of Phase Four of um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which the people on Twitter are all a buzz about because they're saying that this is the beginning of of the MCU incorporating mutants into their to finally mm. get incorporating mutants into their. Um, What's it called? In, into the their, the MCU essentially. So,
0: but then yeah. they already have because some of these people are mutants. I mean, Scarlet Witch was Magneto's daughter, I, I believe.
2: Yeah, and two. Of, uh, yeah, some of Magneto's kids, Quicksilver, Quicksilver. Is also next man, right? yeah, he crossed over yeah. from that. So there are
0: there are definitely connections, you know, no, to there's the there's comics. Definitely connections, and, but be,
1: but yeah. because of like the Sony thing you know, the Sony-owning X-Men and the Hugh Jackman of it all and the Patrick Stewart of it all, they, you know, and then when Marvel started to get popular, they held onto those properties for so long. Right. Um, but now what we're seeing is that, like, or what it's being told is that eventually we're going to get, like, in the next couple years, we're going to get a movie called The Mutants, right. that is going to be about, like, the mutants coming forth, you know, and actually moving that property from Sony over into MCU area. And then this is going to set up like Marvel for the next 10 years. So maybe we'll finally get like a legitimate Jubilee movie instead of like five minutes of her in, um, uh, was it days of future past? I don't remember, but like, you know, five minutes of Jubilee. So, but I mean, again, but like, I agree with, I also agree with Zakia. It's just like, just go in, because I think the thing with WandaVision is that for me, it's such a love letter to um, sitcom television. And it was really like, we have more money than God. What can we do about it? Right. Uh, what can we do with it? Let's just go ahead and do this the way we do it. And it's going to completely, I think, revolutionize what is possible with television and streaming in the okay. same, in the similar way that like Game of Thrones did, right. um, like, you know, more than 10 years
0: ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very interesting. I mean, I uh, cuz like again um with the the crossover, um like Storm was married to the Black Panther. I know that. I'm not sure what the future of that is. Um, you know, but I know there's lots of avenues to introduce, you know, more of like the X-Men mutants into into that universe, even beyond the ones that obviously are already there. Just with different backstories or they've changed things, you know, to kind of fit the fit the that narrative. Um so we'll see I will probably go to those if there if there's X-Men stuff but I don't know there was also just something about the old I, I think it's that too it's like I really like that grittiness that the original X-Men mm-hmm. movies kind of had too that is also kind of the the Avengers and like this this MCU is very primary colored lots of you know red yellow blue it's very you know just the world the the way it looks is also part of it too you know like i like the kind of that gritty grays and monochrome you know, that the X-Men films have like the look of them uh, kind of like saw and those, you know, the horror films that have that kind of look from that 2000s period. Um, mm-hmm. Remember when everything looked that way, it was all green and blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really, it aesthetically. It was because
2: of Tim Burton. Tim, Tim Burton and Batman like sort of set the tone <laughs> for like everything well. Yeah. So, yeah. So. I, um, yeah. And also I think with X-Men, you have some more moral ambiguity and a little less like, gray areas about, you know, justice and things. Whereas in the MCU, it's pretty clear cut, you know, it's good guys and bad guys. There's a little bit in the, you know, Iron Man versus Captain America stuff, but it's not, you know, nearly as like fraught as, you know, some of those X-Men stories. So yeah. maybe that's be the direction they go, they're going in. It seems like the DC movies are trying to be gritty, but they don't, they're just not enjoyable. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: they're a little too self-important yeah yeah I mean like when you get Taika Waititi you know Taika Waititi to direct like a Marvel movie is huge news and he brought his like sensibility and it became one of the like of the three Thor films so far it's like the most fun you know it's the one that doesn't it's the one that is like is canon and it's it's it's, you know, like you said, primary colored and everything, but it also has this, like, really fun sensibility for it. And again, like, with these temple films, you really kind of want, at the end of the day, just want it to be fun. That's why people love Guardians of the Galaxy, because it's, you know, it's going to be the, you know, the problematic uh, charm of uh, Chris Pratt all over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well we'll see what the future holds then maybe maybe it'll kind of plug into that part of my brain that likes that kind of thing right now you know for me it's more like i really loved birds of prey that's also the misandrist yeah. in me i am aware enough that <laughs> i do prefer movies that are it was so good though. no i Freaking love that movie and Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed, Um, you know. But again, that is kind of gritty. The bad guys is the good guys. I love that kind of shit. I want a fucking decent Catwoman movie one of these days. You know, a real Catwoman movie. Um, You know, may the Lord bless Halle Berry and those people um, that made that (laughs) movie. But you know, I want to. I want our, you know, the Catwoman that we, you know, in the comics in the '90s that was fucking amazing. um, That Halle Berry could have played. They could have done that movie with her; it would have been awesome. But no, we wanted to do some weird whatever that was. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so we'll, I you know we'll see. Uh, the other bit of news, real quick, before we uh, take a break, is uh, American Horror Story announced their next season title. It's double feature. Uh, apparently, it's going to be two stories in one—one one at sea and one on the sand—is or something was how it was promoted. Um, had you heard about that yet, Joe? Oh yeah, I
1: did. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm actually really excited for it. Um, I'm hoping for like killer mermaids. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that could be interesting. And some sea shanties. So looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. I'm just glad uh, Macaulay Culkin is signed on. Francis Conroy signed on Lily Rabe, uh, Dennis O'Hare just announced that he's going to be back. So I'm super excited about the cast. Um, um, I know there's a lot more Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, all all the people, all of them are going to be back. Uh Kathy Bates I think is still going to be involved in it. Uh, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Uh, I do think a shorter, you know if they're going to if it's really two like separate stories, I think that might be great, you know, just get, you know, five or six episodes each. Uh Ryan won't have as much space to meander and <laughs> make a mess <laughs> of this. <you> know? <laughs> But it is Ryan Murphy, and he's very good at that. So if he's if he's dedicated enough, I'm sure he can <laughs> he can make a mess of anything. Zakay, <laughs> um, you joined us for quite a few American Horror Story seasons over the years. When you were here, obviously.
2: Oh, no, I never really did. I only did the, I forget what we were, what else we were watching, but um, I never did the American Horror Story until I got back the second time when we watched the season that was about the 80s and we only watched a couple episodes. And oh. That
0: was it. God, for some reason, yeah, it must so, have been something else then. All my memories are so fucking messed up anymore, it seems, but it must have been something before when you, yeah. lived, for some reason I was thinking that you came when we lived at the old place that you came and watched American Horror Story with us.
2: I was there in spirit. I think I came over and watched Battlestar Galactica a couple times. Yeah.
0: Um, I remember you all yeah, doing that yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, you, uh, you know, uh, that's just information for you to have in case you decide, hmm, <laughs> 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 maybe I'll take a peek at this. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, lots to think about. Um, you know, going to leave this and just... I don't. No, I'm not going to watch anything. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we will just say screw it and watch Wandavision and see what happens. Um, but, anyways, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back to discuss Stephen King's Cell from 2016. Be right back. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's
2: episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil in horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, ugh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the male's? Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
0: All right, welcome back. So today we are continuing our deep dive uh, Fright School special topic, Stephen King, Two Queens Talking King. Today, three queens talking, King. If you want to be a queen, Z. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll accept that. I, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah. We are, we are chatting today about Cell, which is a 2016 film uh, based on the 2006 novel by Stephen King. Um, this is fun. We've got John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, which we've seen they teamed up in 1408, right, together. Uh, before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so good to see them working together again. Although, uh, (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about what we think of of the film. Um, You know, it's uh, about a rogue cell phone, the pulse, they call it, that sort of turns people into these murderous zombies. That's, uh, there you go. That's what it's about. Uh, (laughs) Joe, what, uh, as always, what did you think? This movie
1: was like <laughs> I,
0: I it it really
1: had the um the flavor of like the gritty early two thousands like it wanted to be it wanted to be uh thirty days of night, it wanted to be Saw, but it wasn't. Um and I think like how much I dislike the movie, I like dislike it so much that I went back to liking it. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm kind of in the middle because it just seems so like such a bonkers premise um, and also um, such a bonkers premise, but also like really, like we get it, Stephen King. And I know we're going to talk about this, but like, we get it. You're old and you don't like technology is what is the whole film (laughs) came down for me. We get it. You're old and you don't like technology. And I don't mean to sound ageist, but like the whole thing sounds like, it doesn't even sound like you know, like a luddite, like, oh, the technology is bad because the government's like no conspiracy theories. It just sounds like an like a man yelling at the sky, fists, you know, fist, shaking his fist. Um,
0: this is why we need to have rotary dial phones. Is 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 what I was thinking. So. Well, we will definitely uh, explore that more. That's what Joe's been doing lately. He just introduces the topic and goes off. And <laughs> I know.
1: I'm just like, and now I control it.
0: <laughs> I know Joshua had a whole plan, but I'm doing something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. It's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a fair. It's a, it's a. Fair point. Um, although, also to be fair, uh, technophobia in Stephen King's work has been there since he was even in you know young and in his uh-huh. you know twenties and thirties. Uh, but you're right. This is much much more. Um, um, it's much more obvious, I think, in a certain way. Um, Zakia, what did you think about seeing the film? Had you seen it before? Was this your first watch?
2: Definitely my first watch. Don't think I actually knew this movie existed. I, oh, yeah, I told you. I thought we were going to be talking about the Jennifer Lopez cell movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll talk about the cell, um, but um, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I I don't know. I just wanted to be on the side of the movie. I really like um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and, of course, have like John Cusack and um, – it's just, it was just so, it's so easy to hate on this film. It felt like punching, you know, like what do you call it? Like you don't um, get in a battle of wits with an unarmed uh, person. Like, I feel like it's just too easy to take shots at this, this movie. Um, but cause it, it, it had flaws. Um, I'm glad you said it was written. The novel was written in 2006. Cause that answers many of my questions. It's um, <laughs> like, I guess, like Trying not to have too many, I just kept like struggling between wanting to make fun of it and being like, you're being too harsh. Like, come on, it's a movie, you know? Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I like, I like the actors in the film. There were some good scenes that were interesting um, overall, though. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't even finish the sentence. This is like, uh, I mean, they didn't hate it. Hate it. I certainly didn't love it. That's what I got for you.
0: Yeah, no, I feel the same way. And I also, you know i I don't even think I finished the novel. I tried, but I think by the time I got in and read it, I didn't. It wasn't as like, I don't know maybe not as present, like kind of the connection to it. Um, I guess what, what I mean is like, I, I'm one of the last people I know that got a cell phone. Like I really dragged my feet and, um, cause I just hated the idea of being able to, you know, people to find me at any time, at, you know, any moment, really my boss,
2: <laughs>
0: my boss kept pressuring me. It's like, well, I need to text you. I'm like, no, you don't. You could talk to me when I'm at home, when I'm at work. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's when, you know, so I really, really, really dragged my feet. And so I think I got my first cell phone and like, I mean, I think it was like 2005 was the first, yeah, that was probably the first time I had a cell phone, 2005 or 2006, even maybe I started a new job and it was, it was a little different. The district manager didn't hang out. Like she wasn't in the office that much. So she did, it was like, she was going to hire me. It was really good money at the time, you know, when I was, 20 something um and so it was kind of like you you have to get a cell phone or you can't have this job and i was just desperate to get out so i got it for work and then i kind of you know immediately became part of the borg and so by the time i read this i didn't feel the same way about cell technology and like cell stuff so i was just like
2: this is stupid.
0: <laughs> I just didn't like the, the foundation of it, but I'm uh,
2: curious the what, what the job was that was requiring you to have a cell phone. It seems very invasive.
0: I was managing a restaurant. I, mm. I was hired, I was hired as like a, uh, as a supervisor. And then I became the assistant general manager. Mm. Um, and so that's how she, connected with everybody. Everything was via text, you know, um, she, she'd send out stuff for us to know, or, you know, things to meet. And she was just like, you know, she had had a cell phone since the nineties, you know, I mean, people, you know, they went, they really became more prolific in what the early nineties, mid nineties. I think mid, yeah. Yeah, so she yeah. had had one for a long time. She thought I was insane. Like, a lot of people thought I was insane. Like, you don't have a cell phone? Um, you know, because by even when I was in high school, people already had them. You know, and I still didn't. I I dragged my feet um, for a lot of reasons. One, I couldn't afford it or didn't feel like something I could afford. Um, yeah. But then I was making enough money. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll buy it. I'll have one. Fine. Um, you know, and then, again, like I said, I quickly became <laughs> just as you know, all the things I did not want to, you know, you know, be able to begin to get a hold of all the time and whatnot. So, um, but whatever. Um, the good news is, as we've stated before, we're not a review podcast. Uh, you know, this is, this is sort of, uh, you know, about what, what is the film about? What is it saying? And, um, Zaki, I don't know if you can in a nutshell, um, explain what you do for a living, <laughs> how much, you know, like how much you can go, go just, into, I, I, you know,
2: a question. so many people wonder what do you do though? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a web developer. I'm a engineer. Um, I, uh, build websites, um, for those in the now, I use Drupal and I use PHP, um, and I'm, I'm full stack, so I also do the front-end stuff. Uh, for the people who are not immersed in this world, I would just say that, um, you know, I write code all day. And, yeah, it's a lot of the sites you build, um, I have played or, – or not a lot of sites sites you've seen, but um, some of the sites you've seen, I've definitely um, helped build, you know, wrote the made the things happen. So I probably might- saw what you were because – all my stuff is public, like a lot of my code is public too, but I've worked on Comic-Con's website, I've worked on the city of San Francisco's, I've worked on um, some stuff for the state of California, a couple universities in California, so yeah, yeah, that's my That's job. awesome. Yeah, yeah, so that's
0: kind of why I wanted you to join us for this conversation, because I thought maybe you would have, um, you know, probably some intimate knowledge of the way, you know, technology and the way that um, we communicate. Via technology, Uh, I imagine that part of your job includes considering the way things look mobile, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and how cell, you know, how we are using the cell phone. Um, And I'm curious. So obviously, the first thing we can talk about, we'll just start where Joe had started with, with, you know, like technophobia, you know, this idea, this disinterest, uh, fear of whatever you want to call it, of technology, of what it brings. We've seen it in the work of Stephen King. Obviously, we we talked about Christine last week or the week before, whenever we did, Um, (laughs) and uh, about, like, car culture and, you know, how that, you know, kind of speaks a little bit to some of the technophobia that that Stephen King has had in his work. This is obviously, um, you know, people there's sort of that idea out there you know this reticence of like oh everybody's got a cell phone everybody's like you know like i said the borg (laughs) you know we're all this kind of hive mind um and i'm just wondering if like how long you've been doing this like that transformation in culture if you could speak at all to that sort of like how
2: yeah, it's interesting because when I first started um, doing web development, everything was desktop, you know. It was like either your big thing, honking thing that sat in a, you know the same room of your house and didn't move or um, the fancy people had laptops, you know, like us uh, tech people <laughs> had laptops. But, um, you know, we weren't thinking about phones in terms of, like, our work. And then around, I would say, like, 2009, 2010, we had to start thinking about, oh, this person could be looking at this on, like – a cinema screen or a tiny little phone and you have to make things um, um, available to all those people at the same time, right? Like, cause you usually don't know what device they're using until too late kind of in tech terms. So it's interesting because um, uh, I think with, with regards to this movie, because one of the things we have to think a lot, consider a lot in our work is people's technophobia. Like, We, um, you know, for good and bad reasons, both old and young people have fears of phones, you know, fears of like being tracked or something like that. It's interesting that the plot of this movie is like, oh, everyone's going to get a phone call at the same time. And that's what's going to happen. And it's like, obviously, right now, no one would even answer their phone. Like, it's just like these weird, (laughs) like, kind of turn it off, you know. I mean, even stuff with, like, people are tracking me, my location, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, just turn off location services if you're really concerned about it. It just means you won't be able to use Google Maps. So that's your trade-off. Um, no one's forcing you to use it. But, um, but um, yeah, So so, like, people's lack of understanding of how technology actually works, you know, or, like, thinking through what are actually the What's going to really happen? What's the practical way that these things can be um, abused, manipulated, um, used to take advantage of you, whatever. People don't have a good sense of like what those really are, and they're just scared. So when we're doing like right now, um, yeah, again, my stuff's all public, so I don't think it matters. I'm working on some stuff around vaccines, but like, do you collect people's data when you're trying to help them through this vaccine process? Because no one wants the government to have their data. That's smart but do you really want to enter your full name, address, uh, private previous health conditions and like 80 things for every single time you want to refresh this site to see if there's even a freaking appointment, you know, like, so, so, and like, we could save that data for you, but most people are really just, it's going to keep them from getting an appointment. So like those are the kind of challenges that are real when dealing with technophobia. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's like movies like this and, Sort of some of the fear mongering in the news, I think, put the emphasis on the wrong thing a lot of the time. Like, like, you know, this scenario in this movie, the fear of it is like seems entirely implausible. (laughs) But there are very real things that can happen, like your phone, um, that you should know about your phone and ways to like protect yourself, quote unquote, that a lot of people just don't know or don't care about because they're not as like sexy or they require a little more... And some of it's hard because it is actually like you do need some tech savviness in order to do it. Um, but yeah, so so it's just a um, it's just a challenge. It's like uh, I think an industry wide wide challenge is like a a scared public and a you know we're not all bad actors. We're not all trying to steal your data and put microchips into your arms or whatever else you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's awesome. I think that's an awesome point. I see that, again, this is why I love having these conversations because, yeah, people are concerned about the wrong things. And, you know, people say that all the time, oh, the government, oh, they're trying to track me. And I'm like, well, do you have a driver's license? Do you have, mm-hmm. you know, like there are lots of ways that information is out there and that people, you know, it's mm-hmm. like if somebody wants to find me, they can find me. They don't need to track my phone. I'm sure they could just mm-hmm. show up here. Um, you know, I mean, government agents, whatever they might be. Um, you know, but I, 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 yeah, I love that kind of point of like, yeah, there are other, there are bigger concerns. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that's very enlightening. Um, you know, and also this idea of like what information do people really care about or want, you know, Mm -hmm. Too, like, do you really care where Bob, whatever lives and what he's doing? Like, no, we just, we want to get you vaccinated. We're, we're here to help. I like that conversation of like, um, I don't know if that's like, just like the egocentrism of people, you know, of like general of like, Oh, the government wants my information. It's like, no, people generally probably don't care. Um,
2: Well, but then there's also, there's also spoof sites, right? So like, this is where it gets tricky, right? There's spoof sites that would be like trying to collect your information for nefarious reasons that would look exactly like the real site. And you want to make sure, and if people don't know the difference, how to tell it's the little lock in the corner of your browser. Um if that like green if that lock isn't there, then chances are that's not the real site. That's not the real place, right? Um so things like that, like those require some sophistication. Um so, you know, people who aren't, you know, as heavy will rightly be like, I'm not putting my freaking phone number in anywhere. I do not want to get spammed. And so I can understand that too, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: No, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is very true. Too. I mean, yeah, I can't. I cannot refute that. That is. That is yeah. the case. Um, <laughs> Joe, you doing all
1: right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. 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 I'm just taking this in because you the the thing that is the most interesting, I think, is the is the idea that like we're because right now we're in the process of um, you know trying to vaccinate millions of people, and the only way to kind of really get you know, get that done is to interact, um, is to interact, you know, in, uh, with web pages and websites. So it's interesting because like SNL did a, they did a sketch about like, you know, can you get vaccinated now? And like the last person was like, yeah, he's like, you know, over he's, you know, over the age of 65 and, you know, but he doesn't have a computer and he doesn't have anybody that can help him. And, and that's like, when, when I started, um, when I started the process a couple months ago to try to get, uh, my parents, uh, their first vaccination, I like, I remember going on there and being like, wow, if this was someone who is not even like remotely, remotely, you know, dabbled in like waiting on forms or, you know, or like (laughs) filling out forms or just even like basic computer stuff, this would be very difficult for them to, to navigate. So I, you know, I, I put out, on the socials, I said, Hey, if anybody needs help, like go, you can just message me and I'll help you. Cause this is very, this is very difficult for people who don't interact with the computer in this way. Um, yep. and I think like, you know, my, I think my years of going to Comic-Con and, you know, having to sit through and like hit refresh and go into waiting rooms, you know, really helped me. But, but yeah, so like, I think we're, we're definitely dealing with that. Um, right now, and then also just, like, general mistrust of, well, there, the mistrust of, like, the vaccine itself, because the, vac- you know, that's a, fo- as a form of biotechnology, so, you know, we're, those are things that are, are very much that we're dealing with, and it's, it's interesting to hear it kind of on all sides of it, where, you know, people who are, you know, it's like you, if someone says they're afraid of technology, like, that doesn't paint them as red or blue. Like it really, there's there's good reasons for them to be either.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think another point that I think this sort of makes, and again, so the book came out in 2006, uh, so he's likely writing it a year or two before that. Um, Facebook, I remember when I first went to college in 2003, I feel is like when Facebook really started to be a thing, you know, like at the time when I first got Facebook, I, in my, my first, my freshman year of college, you needed an edu, uh, mm-hmm. email bill. It hadn't mm-hmm. yet changed over to where anybody could join. Um, you know, so we didn't yet see that it was, you know, like the way that Facebook is now and the way that social media is now. So I think the book in a way was kind of prophetic, um, in, in kind of how much like could like the zombification of, like society via like our phones and social media and the hive mind group think that that kind of would come if the film had been made shortly after the book, I think if this had come out in 2006, seven, eight, you know, maybe it would feel a little bit more, prophetic, you know, kind of the way that 1984 or Fahrenheit 451 or A Clockwork Orange, you know, sort of these things about hyperviolence or you know, the government lies, you know, all of these sorts of conversations, you know, but because the movie came out where the, you know, like this is so, like your point actually is really funny, Zakiya, it's like, who's going to pick up their phone? (laughs) Like, if I get a call from a strange number, I just you let it go to voicemail, um, which I guess the pulse gets left on that too, I guess you could listen to it and still become a zombie. But you're right, like what's the threat of a Lot of people picking up an unknown call i can't even get people to answer my calls you know when they know me um and vice versa i'm like no text me Zakia. why are you calling me text me. <laughs> joe definitely just text um <laughs> oh i know it's like
1: i i'm still of the mindset because like so the so when i got my phone but, but my first cell phone it was like shortly after we had moved to we had moved to california from guam and i was in high school And, like, within the first three weeks of being at our new high school, there was like a lockdown because of, like, you know, there was just a lockdown. And my parents didn't know how to get a hold of us. So um, they got us cell phones. You know, that was one of the inciting incidents of them to like acquiesce to give their teenage kids cell phones. But the thing about it, the thing about it though, is that, like, so like I've always heard it as like in my mind it's like this is an emergency thing like this has always been like if, if in the event of X emergency and like you know now being more sophisticated about how like well in the event of an actual emergency like you know cell towers would probably go down and they would very it would very much be in the in the dark um, so so yeah so it's, like it's interesting to kind of see this come out like what iPhone first iPhone comes out two thousand seven I think. So this, like the novel predates the iPhone, if they had released the film around the same time that the iPhone came out, like you, I, I bet that it would have been, um, a much better reception, Um uh, mm-hmm. not to make a pun, but.
2: <laughs>
0: it, yeah. I think it would have felt more immediate, you know, more yeah. like, you know, sort of like a warning rather than, you know, we kind of already know, like we, we know we like something has been traded. I mean, and again, I think that, that, you know, there are lots of good things about social media. Uh, there's lots of, you know, especially now in the pandemic, I think it's saving a lot of people's feelings of isolation. And, um, you know, if, if this had happened 20 years ago, we wouldn't be able to just you know have video calls and whatnot and you know feeling like we were connected um you know we've seen the the role social media can play in political movements in spreading information in documenting you know because we know we can't trust um the mainstream media to you know and and mainstream journalism to do that job any longer uh you know but there is still like a lot of fear around it too and people like oh no i don't have a facebook page or no i don't deal with Twitter or Instagram, uh, you know, and that there's this sort of, um, hive mind, you know, that kind of ha- happens with it. Uh, I just think is another kind of part of that, like technophobia, uh, conversation to some extent. But I mean, again, I mean, it's not even just old people. Like, I mean, you know, when we, when I was uh, still working at the psych cl- clinic, uh, and it was like we're going to move to video visits, and you know, I I talk to a lot of our young, like younger than me, like in their twenties, like oh, I don't have a cell phone, or I don't use apps, or my I don't have a smartphone. You know, I just have a whatever. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> what what is a phone that's not a smartphone anymore? <laughs> um, I guess you could pick up like a those Nokia type phones. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah,
2: like, uh, I yeah, he no, not full featured is I believe what we call them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not a dumb phone. Uh, it's not, it's just not fully featured.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, so a lot of, you know, I mean, it's not just something that is just a, an ages thing. And again, I actually, you know, a lot of my friends who are older than me, you know, in their sixties and seventies do have Facebook pages and Twitter pages and they keep up with them. And, you know, so it's not even as if it is tied just to, you know, to age, you know, that does happen. And I, a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, this person, they're probably old. It's like, no, they're, they're not. They just, don't want to be part of this, whatever it is.
2: <laughs> this well, don't digital reality income plays a role in income and oh. in neighborhood plays a role in like people's access right. to technology and their comfort with it. You know, like if you live in a household where there's exactly, you know, you hear this a lot with the remote learning, like there's where there's only ever been one laptop, and suddenly you need mom two kids and dad all the need to be on zoom meetings at the same time. Like that's a technology problem. You've never had to encounter before. Right. You have to encounter it in a high stress situation and people don't think when they're stressed out, which is, you know, a, another technology problem. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in that, you know, and a lot of the differences between old people and young people I've taught, I taught this is like one of my rants is like, is um, tech confidence. It's not really about like, like you, you can give if you do like usability tests. You can give, you know, someone older and someone younger um, the same task, and they won't be able to achieve it because the user interface is crappy. And um, the young people will say, "Oh, it's this user this user interface is crappy," and the old person will say, "Oh, I just I'm, I suck at technology." And it's and, and so like that, just like their confidence around it has is more important than the actual like ability that they have because any. A good usability person will make sure that no matter what your ability is or what your access to technology is, you have the ability to achieve what you need to quickly and easily without a lot of fuss. It should be super easy. And that's on the technology, not on the user. Um, But that's just another rant. (laughs) Um, But yeah.
0: Oh, no, I think, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. another good consideration. Again, mm-hmm. when you're kind of talking about like, yeah, technophobia, what does that mean? What does it look like? You know, how, wh- yeah, lots of things are going to play a role in that. Um, to sort of switch gears a little bit. So the film, you know, follows Junkie's ex character, you know, he's a dad. Uh, and uh, What is he? Uh, he's a comic book writer or graphic novel, graphic novelist. Yeah. Graphic novelist. Uh, you know, he's trying to get home and this, is, you know, everything breaks out the, you know, this, this pulse, they call it, you know, breaks out, goes through all the phone lines and turns people into, you know, um, zombies. So we're looking at, again, this is 2006. So we've got 28 days later has come out. Dawn of the dead has come out, sort of reinvented the, the, um, zombie genre to an extent, you know, kind of reinvigorated it in this time. Um, you know, right after the, uh, in that time after the September 11th attacks, when, you know, sort of terrorism is on everybody's mind, the sort of hypervigilance, uh, you know, so of course we see a rise in like apocalyptic films, you know, things like that. It, that that's kind of like the, the perfect breeding ground to make something like a zombie film where the zombies are very fast. It's unexpected. It's a disease or it's something that just like, you know, really quickly disrupts the lives of the people involved. So this comes kind of at the tail end of that. So, you know, that, that time frame and that, you know, five, five or six years or so of, of, of zombie films and kind of, you know, so I think this also, this works as a zombie movie, uh, to some extent, um, you know, that the people are mindless and, you know, kind of all working together on this. The um the pulse you know because they like send it out of their mouths. I've seen this movie twice. It's just it's so like, but I like the ideas of it again. You know, it it could be a stronger film, but I, I do like the conversation. Uh, you know, and I make jokes all the time about that when people are like, "Oh, when the zombie apocalypse happens, it's like it kind of feels like it's here to some extent." Um, you know, we're we're carrying our brains in our hands. Our my external brain. That's why I call my phone a lot. You know, my my external mind. Um. You know, so I, I just is, think you know it. It's trying to operate as that, like as a zombie movie. Um, so Joe. Did you, you start to say something? Sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry. It, it, it's so funny that you're saying that because, like, I think that the movie was released what in 2016,
0: right? Oh, yeah. sorry, 2016. So. Sorry, I keep saying. I keep thinking of the book. I keep I'm mixing their dates like- up. Thank you. <laughs>
1: So the movie was released in 2016. At this point, like, you know, John Cusack's career is on the back nine. Um, Samuel L. Jackson has, uh, Samuel L. Jackson has already done a couple Marvel films, you know, and, and has finished all but finished his, his stuff in Star Wars. So there is no real reason he needs to do this. Um, other than maybe because he wanted to work with John on something again. but I feel like the the film itself and I, this is gonna be a very cynical take. Um, welcome to my cynicism for those who have never heard it before. but like this film just seems like it's a complete cash grab to capitalize on the phenomenon at the time of uh, the Walking Dead of the, like these films that are the the media at the time. And it's like, oh, Stephen King wrote a zombie film, a zombie book. Oh, let's go ahead and make it into a movie. And and that's kind of what it feels like, is it looks like they probably shot this in Vancouver. It looks like the okay. the the budget seems probably mostly spent on um, special effects and the salaries of the two biggest uh, name getters there. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm um, I appreciate what it's trying to say, especially like. I also really, what I really appreciate, it, and this is one thing that I will say that I appreciate, is the um, is the new way that we see, like, the Hive work. Because before, you know, with Walking Dead, with 28 Days Later, it's very, um, it's more like a mob that's, like, acting on its own self-interest. Whereas this is, like, a pretty organized, like, Hive that worships the pulse and, you know... Functions like birds, right? Like I think that's what they say in the film too, like birds. But it's, I think it was like too little, too late. Like it was an interesting premise, but I think they were ten years too late (laughs) to to get it there. Um, and it it ended up being it just ended up sounding too much like you know, oh, like just from like this technophobia standpoint, as opposed to having something actually to say about uh. Like zombies, so I don't know. That's just my cynicism of it.
0: No, I I I think think, that's a good point.
2: I think for me, part of the challenge is like I couldn't figure out like was there somebody controlling them or not? Like it was never clear. It's like oh, maybe it's a terrorist attack, and then you have this like president of the internet like concept, and then it's his dream, and it's his um graphic novel guy is you know causing this and it's this it's just such a mess that it's hard to like say like where it falls in the zombie like Pantheon like how we understand zombies and there's even a part where um that uh, headmaster Stacy Stacy Keach's character talks about yeah. oh they want us all to be the same no individualism there's they're gonna be that sounded straight out of like some anti-communist 1980 like just like pick and grab that and stick it on this 2016 movie and so like to to like put a lineage so I I, I didn't think of the cash grab thing um that Joe did but that works for me I saw it as like oh maybe John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson just want to like hang out and smoke weed like for like a uh-huh. month and, like, <laughs> like I, that'd be a good enough reason for me to want to like make a movie like for you know whatever like <laughs> Um, um, and I think, wasn't Kizak like an executive producer or something? I don't know. But like, so whatever, like, yeah, I just think like, it's hard to, for me at least, to, um, say like, oh, it, it's, it's, it's either expanding on the existing zombie genre or, um, doing something, it's definitely doing something different, but it's hard to kind of suss out why and what the, what's it, is it actually... Additive, or is it just different for the sake of being different?
0: You know, yeah. And that's so funny that,
1: like, he um, that the uh, headmaster is making this comment about, like, you know, conformity because he is the headmaster of an all boys school, which is like (laughs) the most traditional, (laughs) the most traditional (laughs) example of conformity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. Great point. Um, And I and to your uh, Walking Dead point, this was actually filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs)
2: <laughs> in, in about
0: a month about 25 it says 25 days in atlanta georgia um in january of 2014 so and it came out and when was it released june 10th 2016 um
2: yeah. So they just like grab that that like zombie. What do they call it? Like zombie school thing. They probably oh, yeah. just like grab. It. They're just, like, we'll take half your zombie school, <laughs> save you some money. We're gonna use uh, more blood, less dirt, and um, everyone's gonna move fast.
1: Sometimes. Whatever Nicotero threw away, we'll we'll do it. We'll use it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Actually, Actually, it's on it.
0: Yeah, maybe it might have been filming around like the same time. That's so, yeah, that's, that, but it's just funny that you mentioned that because you're right. I do think there is, um, cause the walking dead first came out. What was that? 2000, what? 10, nine. When was the first season of that? It's been on forever. I know the comics 10/11. obviously are way older. Um, mm-hmm. okay. You know, so the book still predates the television series. So again, if they had made the film a little more quickly, which I'm surprised that, um, I mean, I, Well, it looks like, oh, so uh, just some information from, um, you know, Wikipedia, which could be or could not be again, take that with a grain of salt. But Eli Roth was hired in 2006, March of 2006 to (laughs) direct it. So it must've sold pretty quick. And I think that happens with Stephen King sometimes where he's like writing a book and it's already sold. Um, But then three years after, Roth left the project because of, you know, studio interference and he wanted to do his own thing and blah, blah, blah. So it just sounds like it kind of would have come out a lot sooner, but you know, because of the studio of whatever they wanted to do, who knows, you know, all of that gets, you know, messy. Um, it is the Weinsteins. Uh, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so maybe it w- if it would have come out before, then yeah, exactly. It might've felt a little bit more, um, prescient, you know, prescient or whatever, you know, uh, like I was saying earlier, it would feel a little bit more like it was saying something new. Um, again, I do, I, I also appreciate the, um, the hive and that bird thing and kind of the way that worked, even though we kind of saw that in the happening as well with the plants and <laughs> they were like working together against us or whatever. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But again, I mean, I still think, you know, it, it has something to say, you know, in the ways of like, you know, our the, the cultural anxiety, at least coming out of, you know, when he was writing the book and the state of things at that time, you know, still find their way into the book and can still serve as sort of a, um, you know, an anthropologi- anthropological, <laughs> you know, look at that time. And, you know, to kind of see, like we've said on the show before, like sometimes it takes 10 or 15 years, you know, for a film to happen that is still responding to those events and uh you know i i don't know how i don't feel like whereas you know i was in was i in my Junior or senior year of high school? I think my senior year of high school when 9 11 happened. So, you know, and I I know we're all old enough to all have memories of that and how, like, the world was so paranoid and so, like, you know, on high alert. I mean, well, at least in Ohio, (laughs) where I was living. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, any second we're all going to get bombed by Arab terrorists. Like, we're in Ohio. Like, Okay, maybe I don't know. Uh, uh, but that was-
2: Pennsylvania's next door, and there was uh, one of the hijackings was in PA, it was in Philly, uh, Pittsburgh, so right
0: next. Well, to there you go. There. So I'm sure you definitely saw the direct, you know, results of that kind of that the high anxiety, mm-hmm. and that it lasted for you know several years. And obviously, I think the torture porn, you know, wave happened after that as oh, well. Yeah. And you know, we're seeing those films like Saw and Hostel, where like you know Americans don't go anywhere foreign because something terrible will happen to you and uh, um, you know, there was just an an, an uptick in that sort of um, fear, and I think this is another example of that. Um, along with having the technological, you know, concerns of being tracked or being, um, you know, pulled into this, you know, hive mind. Um, so the ending of the story, you know, it's like he try he 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 tried to resist, but in the end, he's uh, pulled in, which is different than the book. So. Um, Yeah, I think in the book, he finds his son and like, I think they, um, what was it? It's like, he, let me see here. Well, they think they can, it's like, they think they can fix people with like a corrupted version of the pulse. So kind of like blasting people again with it will like fix their, their brain. Uh, So he finds his son and wants to reset it, to reset him. And that's how it ends. It ends with him dialing the phone and, and putting it up to his ear and then it ends. Um, and uh, what I, I like about this, too, is that, um, Joe, you still haven't seen The Stand, right? Uh, no. And, Zakia, did you ever see The Stand, either the original from the 90s or the new one?
2: I saw the original in the 90s. I'm not sure if I watched the whole thing, but I watched a lot of it back in the day. Okay.
0: So the stand even though it's about like an apocalypse and it's about the end of the world, you know, and 99.9% of people die in it and you know you're left with this small band of survivors. At the end the stand is supposed to be hopeful, you know, that like maybe we will have learned something from this and we'll build a better society and uh you know kind of take this, you know, we've we've been we've been given a reset, you know. Um very Noah's ark, I guess. <laughs> Um, God destroyed everything so we can figure out how to be better this time around. Um, but this is sort of like the, almost the antithesis of that, uh, especially the film as it, as it is, because, you know, there's no hope in the end. He's just caught running around that same circle with everyone else. Uh, so it's also, this is very, um, it's not as hopeful either as some of his past, uh, work, but, Mm -hmm. um, since nobody's is familiar with the stand, that's all right. We don't have to talk too much about it. I just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, even, even with the technophobia and the apocalypse and the stuff that Stephen King's explored before, I think this is a lot more of a cynical work than, um, than what he's done, you know, in the past.
2: Did either of you figure out what the motivation is of the pulse or the individuals who were pulsed at, like, I, I think that was another thing. Cause so like at the end, he's running around in a circle with everybody else but like why like what why are they running around in a circle or yeah it's like because they didn't really eat other people right so that's like usually the, right. some of the motivation is to eat other people infect them and continue the virus or whatever and um but they would often like stop and do something together uh but uh, yeah it's just like it wasn't it didn't feel like it was for survival or to um or to you know do something on behalf of someone else, like that's that whole the whole terrorist thing would be like, oh, we're all doing it to you know do something to people. But like, yeah, I think that I don't know. Did either of you did I miss something, or is it just not there? I, I don't think, think that there was there. a motivation. Yeah,
0: I think that's for us to fill in again. Is this a conversation about uh, terrorism? you know, and some nefarious foreign government has, you know, done this and it's gotten out of control, like the stand, you know, that's definitely this sort of government as, you know, the enemy and as this, um, you know, evil force uh, within the work of Stephen King, you know, so you have the military makes this virus as a biological weapon. Oopsie, we dropped it or whatever. Now everybody's got it and we've killed everybody. Um, you know, it's kind of that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, again, I think that's kind of, Yours to fill in. Um, Also, the question, and and we've talked about this, and and this is going to be an ongoing conversation uh, about technology, artificial intelligence. Is it the technology itself? You know, did this create itself and decides? Uh, You know, I've talked a little bit about that, my own anxiety around that, because when I think about consciousness, when I think about, um, you know, building robots, building artificial intelligence, you know, um, unlike humans you know they could operate on a wi-fi signal (laughs) and you know as the as as we develop you know if you think 100 years in the future or even probably a lot quicker you know when we you know we have like true cyborg intelligence and they decide you know what the problem is here (laughs) it's you all um if we eradicate the humans uh there will be peace on earth (laughs) it's kind of you know i have a little bit more of a cynical kind of thing about that. Maybe you don't, Zakia. you know, obviously working. I don't know what people's thoughts are um, about that either. Maybe it's just the computers turning against us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my thing is always like computers are actually dumb. Like, they're super dumb. Even like AI is super, super dumb. And they can only, they can only achieve like a third of the intelligence of like, not even a third. I don't know. It's just, yeah. So it'd be, it would be quite the leap to be able to get a computer to do something that you didn't specifically intend it to do. It's like really, really hard. Um, even like theoretically or conceptually, like there, I just it, it's it, it's hard for me to imagine what how that would happen, you know. So, um, you build.
0: I mean, that is artificial intelligence. No, I mean you're building. You you
2: yeah, it's kind like, of. It's, like, algorithm – like, we use the word algorithm a lot. Like, the algorithm is doing this. And it's really – and that is sort of – it's, like, a learning. It's, like, based on previous behavior. It's doing something, blah, blah, blah. Machine learning is all that. But it's really, like, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of if-then statements. If this – if I have these things, right. do these things. And it's, like, if you don't do the do, then you can't um, make it go. And, um, and like, I mean, I, I think there is a real – everything that humans can do, you can make, a, you can figure out how to make a machine to do it. And so like that, like the dog, the, 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 the robot dogs on New York city, like it's not that they're going to on their own decide to be like murder humans, but it is very possible that like the humans that are building them will be like, Hmm, can we give it a gun? Like, you know, like, and that won't be like some, like, you know, super technologically, like some genius will come up with some way and the, the technology got out of the hand. It'll literally be someone be like, Ooh, let's put a gun in its hand. You know, like it won't be, you know, like that's, I mean, it won't, you know, it's like, it's not that mystical or magical. It'll just be some asshole. <laughs> like It won't be like the computer, some super genius will figure out a way. It'll just be some asshole. Who's like, Oh, look, if I make it do this, it shoots things. Awesome, you know, so that's where right. I am with artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, hey, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, you make me feel better about it. Um, you know, as somebody who grew up watching Alien, you know, you think of Ash mm-hmm. and you think, like, my <laughs> god, yeah. you know, we get to that place,
2: yeah, it's you know, like, or no, it'll just it'll just probably be some asshole who kills you.
0: <laughs> Which it is, we know that it's the Whalen Corporation um, doing yeah. that. You know, making making Ash uh, prioritize the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the 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 creatures, the weapon, the bioweapons. weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but still, I think that, that is you know concern. just that yeah. concern. What's that?
2: As I was gonna say, that said, I don't have like a I don't have any of those smart things in my house. Like I'm, you know, I'm not all te- pro technology all the time. I definitely think like place and time, and there's a lot of because they are dumb like because they don't perfectly understand our words they do they make mistakes like calling the cops when you're having a discussion and you end up with cop you know like so those those things worry me more than like actual artificial art like (laughs) uh, artificial dumbness is more my fear than artificial intelligence. (laughs) That is so
0: funny you bring that up because we recently, so we replaced almost all the lights in the house with these like smart lights Mm -hmm. you know, because we wanted to be able to control the colors and you know, whenever life, you know whenever we're allowed to have people in the house again and throw parties, we want to be able to have different lights going and you know, create different environments and it's just nice to be able to you know, kind of control and dim everything and do that without having to like install you know, equipment for that. So we got that. It's an app. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I like the app. Well, you know, Jeffrey's like, this is a lot of have to do is buy an app. I mean, so he got an Amazon um, Alexa, whatever they are, the Echo um, Alexa. So he got Alexa. And because then you could say, Alexa, please turn on the lights or turn on the kitchen lights, turn on the living room lights, you know, but <laughs> and this is just like my, like my weirdo anxiety because he'll be like, Alexa, Kitchen lights on And I'm like you have to say please Cause she's gonna remember <laughs> Like you have to be polite to her So that you know when she you know So that when she takes over the house And like locks us in here oh, you man. know It's gonna be like she's gonna remember that I was nice to her <laughs> But I said please And thank you
2: Oh <laughs>
1: uh, man
0: see I have, a, I have a friend who like Who like
1: when he got his Amazon Echo he was like Alexa, play this song. And then he'll play it. It's like, bitch, <laughs> Alexa, turn that bitch down. And I'm like, whoa. I was like, you need to be, no. like, you need to be, first of all, your misogyny is showing. <laughs> Secondly, uh, like you need to be nice to exactly what you said. You need to be nice to her because eventually Alexa is going to come for you and come for your gig. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think about that and I think about the listening thing and, you know, and um, yeah, the that, 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 the whole thing, I was just like, I did not want, I was like, I'm fine with the app. Like I turn, I use it in my office. I turn the lights or I change them. I just use the app. It's fine, Um, you know, but I could see it, you know, I mean, you get up in the middle of the night and you want to turn the lights on, like I could see, you don't want to like fiddle with your phone, whatever, it's Mm -hmm. it's nice, it's convenient, I get that, but I'm also just like, she's going to remember all of this, be nice to her, (laughs) be kind.
2: Uh, (laughs) Are you nice to the toaster too? (laughs) Am I what? Nice to the toaster too. Oh.
0: No, it's true. It doesn't talk. And that, you know, it's that whole thing. It's like, it's very strange. Like that kind of yeah. anthropomorphizing of things, you know, it's the same with those dog things you're talking about. I, you know, I took this neuroscience class, uh, neuropsych, um, and she showed us, uh, You know, because, or no, it was my theories of consciousness. That's what it was. That's actually what gave me all of this anxiety. (laughs) It's like talking about what is consciousness and like how do humans have it? And, you know, if I'm the only human, does it matter that I'm an I? You know, would there be an I? You know, so it was that kind of conversation about how we co create the world and we co create consciousness. And, you know, and that's what started giving me that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, if we do have like intelligent robots and they start you know, communicating with each other and building a consciousness. Like, what does that mean? And so, but one of the things was she showed us like videos of those police dog mm-hmm. things that th- they weren't that yet. They were just, you know, whatever it was, just, yeah. you know, but they showed like people kicking them over. And it, it made me feel so sad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's like, it's
0: a machine. It can't feel like whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, it just, you know, it messes with like the emotional, um, thing you know i think the same like the animatrix when they did that and they show like the humans beating up the cyborgs and like tearing their you know fake skin off the blade runner blade yeah. runner makes me very sad like i don't know i get this really weird attachment to like and an- um um artificial people as yeah. uh um well, it's you
2: know, good you, i mean you have humanity because like in order to to like like you have to dehumanize in order to cre- commit violence, right? Or to like do like hate and stuff. Like, you have to find a way to dehumanize people. And like, if you have less of a capacity for that, then that's a good thing. So, you so so always suffer the Alexa, always be kind, keep that kindness. <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. That's that's like the perfect place to like wrap this conversation up. Yes, be be kind. Um, you know, it is, it's very. I don't know. Technology is, again, I like the way, of course, obviously it improves our lives in a lot of ways. We've uh, been able to advance as a species, um, even though sometimes we do feel like uh, cavemen throwing digital stones at each other, but um, you know, there's also a lot of those benefits. So, uh, but I don't know. You just worry when the other shoe falls, (laughs) especially with like machines of war. It's just like, I don't know. If we kill all these people, then we, then we can just be here together. The matrix. Uh, (laughs) uh, all righty. Well, um, that was a a fun chat in our, uh, Stephen King deep dive here. Any other last minute
2: thoughts on anything in the film or anything we want to throw out? I did want to throw out just some of the language in this film was so hilarious that it can't, it has to be discussed like, okay, like, (laughs) Um, and they call that kid the scholarship boy um at one point John Cusack says my I put on my rock and roll t-shirt um there i f- it feels like rage um the devil's intercom uh human <laughs> beings, <laughs> human beings are the religion of the angels like I have a whole list of them like I'm just like did they just say like that is bonkers language and I don't know if it's the <laughs> king or the uh, screenwriter but like it should it, I imagine not a ton of people are going to watch this movie and so like people should know that these quotes exist like, just, <laughs> I mean the fact that wallow. there
1: was a whole thing about like the president of the internet
0: like yes no
2: what yeah it, it was very well, Stephen like, King wrote the screenplay very...
0: with oh, with, really? with Adam Al- Alica, Alica.
1: <laughs> well the thing about the, I, I think writers? like I think they made this film because like Stephen King needs to release an adaptation once a decade or else he like will perish it's like you know so (laughs) so you know he needed to get this in uh he needed to get this in because it didn't seem like Dr. Sleep was going to make it
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, it, it is a, yeah, it's strange. Again, it's not great. Again, we're not recommending that you see it. Although if you want to watch it and, uh, consider all of these, uh, you know, academic thoughts (laughs) on technophobia and, uh, you know, the cultural anxiety of terrorism and artificial intelligence. Um, (laughs) I, I think it is, uh, You know, there's something valuable here, again, much like our thinner conversations, not like it's some awesome film, you know, but hey, there's lots of, lots of good stuff to unpack in it. Uh, And, you know, this isn't a conversation that's over either. You know, we're going to continue to have conversations about uh, technology. Um, You know, I was, I was talking with somebody about like industrialization and, you know, how a lot of people, you know, how that was such a concern almost a hundred years ago about, you know, what factory workers would do when, you know, machines took over. And like, that's still a very pressing concern, you know, as more things are automated, as more, uh, jobs can be done by machines. Should they, you know, like, do do we have a, uh, this moral responsibility to make sure that people have work and have access to, um, to income, the basic income conversation. I mean, all of that plays into, you know, technology conversations about technology, technophobia. I think that, I think that's also a big part of it. Um, you know, so this is not a uh, dying conversation by any means. <laughs> this is no. certainly not the last thing to say. Of, this film is not the last, like, oh, well, cell phones are here. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like part of the the weaknesses of the film is that it didn't move fast enough. Like these conversations about technology almost change every year. Like every year, right. there is sort of a new like like frontier, and things change. So like we have something new to like confront, and um, and this mo- this movie just was like. You know, ten, more than ten years too late with its like its vision of horror. Like I, I'm, I was trying to think of what that would look like today, and I think it would look something like definitely us all having our phones in our hand, right? Like there is some something nefarious about uh, the ubiquity of our phones and the ability to, um, um, um and and how manipulated we are by like things that happen on the internet right like so I don't know exactly what that movie looks like but there's 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 reasons to be afraid like shit happens <laughs>
0: absolutely shit does happen um that's, yeah. that's my quote um, yeah excellent point yeah that exponential growth and yeah yeah so alrighty, well um Kia, thank you so much for taking time out of your out of your day to join us and, and chat about these things. And thank you for sharing your, um, you know your your knowledge base and uh, you always
2: know,
0: <laughs> especially when it comes to these things. Joe, uh, as always, I love doing this with you. I am so glad that we got to do it again. And so uh, next week we will wrap up. I think our um, Stephen King, our March Stephen King conversations. It's gonna be yeah. fun. We, we're, we're almost there We are almost there Another series almost down uh, So alrighty Well thank you as always for listening uh, I'm sure you're listening to us on our cell phones Which now you're or on your cell phone Which now you're looking suspiciously at Maybe <laughs> But we appreciate you dear listener uh, Remember to tell your friends about us And um, we'll see you again next week Good night Good night <laughs>